Welcome to another episode of the Nitro Performance Guide. I'm your host, TJ, the Nitro Performance Guy. And we first, before we go any further, we have to address the passings. Two huge uh, losses to the NHRA recently. Bruton Smith uh, passed on June 22nd. He was 95. He was a philanthropist, uh, NASCAR Hall of Famer, and businessman. He owns uh, a lot of the tracks that a lot of the major series race on. Um, I mean, just to name a few, New Hampshire, North Wilkesboro, uh, Kentucky, Bristol, Charlotte, Las Vegas Motor Speedway, some of the Bellagios, Z-Max. These are all Bruton Smith tracks. Um, and we thank him for all of the work he did for the NHRA, uh, because he certainly elevated the sport, uh, elevated our stadium, you know, uh, you know, the, in, the NFL was doing the, the stadium rushes a couple years ago and, you know, making them better. Uh, but Z-Max Dragway is called the R. Bellagio. Uh, because it's just so beautiful. Uh, all of his tracks have a certain character to him. Uh, so he'll definitely be missed. Uh, they, his logo was on the side of uh, the John Force Racing Team. And a few other races this past weekend. And this past weekend after Norwalk. We lost Bill Bader Sr. The track owner of Summit Raceway Park. Uh, he was the owner for 40 years. Um, and... You know, he really elevated that racetrack to what it, you know, what that the show they just put on, you know. Uh, so he got to experience the last race at his racetrack. So uh, it was a very good one for him to experience. So we thank him for his work. Uh, another one who's close to John Forrest. John and the team, you know, have released some things on social media about how they are sending their condolences. So, and we also send our condolences as well. Um, thank you for what you've done for the NHRA and, uh, you'll, you'll definitely be missed. Um, but in true typical NHRA fashion, the show must go on. So with that being said, we're going to go on in their honor, Bill Bader senior and Bruton Smith, two great, legends of NHRA. So last week we didn't do a show. Um but it was the Thunder Valley National. So we're gonna we'll do a time machine episode for that for that race, uh for sure. Cause that was definitely a great race. We can definitely always go back. Uh we always do it after the race has happened anyway. So uh I think we would be able to do that. Uh, if you if you couldn't already tell um this is in music. There are trios, there are duets, and there are solos. Today, I am on a solo. <laughs> uh, you know, my my guys couldn't get here this week, but that's okay. Um, I started with me, so I, I sure know how to do it myself. But there's no hard feelings at all or anything. It's all love. Uh, so they'll be back. They'll be back. But this week, we're going to get after and we're going to talk about the Summit Racing Equipment NHRA Nationals from Summit Racing Equipment Motorsports Park, Bill Bader Sr.'s racetrack, America's racetrack. 
All right, so we're going to start with qualifying session number two. Funny car, Bob Bodie. Sorry, his son, Bobby Bodie, is going to get down there for 54 uh, to start off the funny car session. Then next we had uh, 399 by Blake Alexander. And then Ron Caps comes out and uh, lays it down 3.901 at 328.38 miles an hour. He was sub three seconds to the eight, or I'm sorry, sub 320 to the eighth mile, uh, 3.159 at 281.25 miles per hour. The header flames were nice and big, shooting over that, the roof of that GR Supra. Uh, Jim Campbell didn't get down the racetrack next to him. It was pretty much a solo. Uh, so then next we have Matt Hagen and Robert Height. So these two cars, you get the, Robert. <laughs> these two cars, we know they can get after it. Uh, how about side-by-side, low 390s in both lanes. Both cars over 328 miles per hour. I'm sorry, 25 miles per hour. Robert was 327.59 at the stripe. And Matt Hagen was 329.91 at the stripe. 3.917 for Matt Hagen and 3.907 for Robert Height. Let's look at the 60s real quick. I'm just going to check them out here. How about Matt Hagen? He's got the quickest 60 right now. 8.69. Oh, no. I'm sorry. 8.68 for Ron Caps. right? So not too far off the pace, but a little bit off the pace. As Matt Hagen was going down the racetrack, his car uh, was not making as much time as um Ron Caps was uh Robert looks like he was a little bit closer than Matt but still didn't quite get that number 1 spot but that's a solid run for both cars it was a great looking side by side drag race both header flames clean full and they're putting the coals to it down there the header flames get real big and brilliant down there it's just ah it's amazing. So next we got Mac McIntyre and Chad Green. Two four O's here. Well, one four O. 4009 31055 for Chad Green and then Mike McIntyre Jr. uh 410 with the 5 on the end 260 that car wasn't singing to the finish line. Tim Wilkerson and JR Todd. Tim's not going to get down the racetrack but JR is 3.933 at 328.14 miles an hour. Let's look at the 60 not on pace with what the other guys are running but uh Still in the in that ballpark. I mean, he, I, I, I take that back. He was on pace with what the other guys were running. Uh, really aggressive on the back end of the racetrack. Then we got Cruz Pedregon and Bob Tasca the third. We got two 390s here. 3.908 at 331.12 miles per hour for that Mike Neptune Motocraft Shelby Mustang. How about that? Uh, and no slouch for Cruz either. 3.960 at 281.30 miles an hour. He was not running through the finish line. We know that because he wasn't going 300. Uh, but like I said, these cars have so much drag on them that when you, uh, you know, when the gas is not going, there's so much downforce on these cars at the full at the at the far end of the racetrack. It will take off speed very quickly. 
but the ET will remain because of the momentum that you ha have gained up to this point. So you the react or the elapsed time still shows a little bit of your work, but the the, the speed goes down quickly uh, down there because of all that downforce. Um, and then then the last pair we got Alexis DeJoria and John Forrest. How about three point nine oh three? 333 how about i'm sorry not 333 i'm getting ahead of myself that was what britney ran <laughs> but we'll get to that how about how about side by side 390 low 390s and how about both of them over 330 miles per hour in both lanes header flame shooting over the roof 330 mile per hour funny car run side by side we love it we love it. 3.903 for John Forrest. 330.15 miles per hour. Next door to Alexis DeJoria. Panel to panel. Door to door going down there. 3.932 at 331.12 miles per hour. So she had him on speed down there. Uh, two, but hey, how about John Forrest was quicker or, uh, yep, quicker and faster to the eighth mile. 3.164 at 282.36 miles per hour. Let's look at it on pace with Ron Caps here. Where is he at? Here we go. Uh, let me see. Oh, John was just uh, eight thousandths of a second off of uh, of Ron Caps at uh, at 3:30. Yep. And then let's see at the eighth mile, he's less. Let me see. He's five thousandths of a second. He's made up two thousandths of a second from 330 feet to 660 feet. That is incredible. That's incredible. Wow. I love looking at the incremental numbers because you can see so much information. You can see all of it. Like, you know, you see the ET, you see the speed on the board. That doesn't tell the whole story. Like, you got to look at the incremental numbers so you can really see how the car is accelerating on the track. Time is a finite measurement of movement. It is a way to measure how quickly something moves from one place to another. So like when you see the, you know, the incremental numbers, you see from a standing start, these cars are going 282 miles per hour at 660 feet from where they started. Incredible, incredible. So let's move on to top fuel. We got Billy Torrance. Hey, how about Billy Torrance? Papa Capco, Captain Capco is out here this weekend. He gets us started. 3.779, 323.04 miles an hour. That's a good solid run to get the session started, showing everybody what's out there. We got Mike Butcher and Dan Mercier next. We got 3.982, 240 for Dan and Mike Butcher is 416, so two full, two uh, incomplete passes there. We got Joe Morrison and Sean Langdon. How about Sean Langdon, 3.774 at 325.30 miles an hour, 2.145 at 330 feet, three, just above three seconds there, 3.033. And uh, 286.80. At the eighth mile. Next, we got Austin Proc and Spencer Massey. 
Austin Proc is going to get the better of this one. 3.745 at 328.78 miles per hour. Uh, a respectable run for Spencer Massey. 3.812 at 321.73 miles per hour. How about 028 off the line for Spencer Massey? Uh, Sean Langdon, 60 on the line uh, in his pass. Uh, and then Austin Proc, 61 on the tree. Uh, love the reaction times in qualifying. Next, we got Trip Tatum and Kyle Wurzel. Uh, Trip Tatum, 3.771 at 320.13 miles per hour. Getting it down through there. Kyle Wurzel did not complete the pass. Six seconds uh, for his pass. 111 miles per hour. 111.10. That's nice. Um, how about this guy? He was on the gas less than a second. And he still crosses the finish line a thousand feet before him at over 110 miles per hour. 111 to be specific. Wow. Wow. Next we got Jug J Jug, sorry. <laughs> we got Doug Kalitta and Josh Hart. 3.74 Four for how about Josh Hart, guys? How about Josh Hart this weekend, right? Like Josh Hart in the final. Like I'm, I'm you know, I, I trust that you watch the race. We just break it down, <laughs> but uh, so I don't have Darren to tease me about that this week. Mike, you know, let let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Mike Salinas and Josh Hart in the final, like crazy. But look at this. It started here. It starts in qualifying. Starts in qualifying, 3.744 at 322.58 miles per hour for Josh Hart next to Doug Kalitas, 3.759, 328.46 miles per hour. Big speed out of that car this weekend. Very nice to see him in the Sealmaster colors. I think that's that's nice. I like. I've always liked that Sealmaster livery. Uh, even when back when Jr. Todd was driving that car. Uh, back in 2016. So I remember it well, and I think it was fun. It was fun. It's a, it's a nice paint scheme. Next, we got Tony Schumacher and Antron Brown, 3.808 at 316 for Antron Brown. So they're I think they're coming around. I, 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 want, I, I would like to say they're coming around. Uh, you know, 316 at the, out the back, you know, not the biggest speed back there. You know, I usually like to see, we like to see them over 320 uh, if they're really getting after it. Uh, 316, that's a little bit on the on the soft side. But like I said, this team is starting to get it together, I think. And I think it's only a matter of time before we see this Antron Brown, Matco Tool, Sirius XM, Hankstifer, Toyota, top fuel car going around. Um, so I, I'm not worried about the Antron Brown car. Um, and, uh, but that Skag top fuel car for, of Tony Schumacher is not going to get down the racetrack, uh, 489 for him in the interest of fair reporting. Clay Milliken and Leah Pruitt, 381, 386. Clay Milliken got the better of that. 381, 324.12 miles per hour. Very nice. How about the next pair? We got Justin Ashley and Steve Torrance. Header flames, guys. Header fire, man. Header fire. <laughs> 3.707 at 
96 miles an hour for Justin Ashley. And then in the last pair, we got Brittany Force and Mike Salinas. These are grubby conditions, guys. These are grubby because they had four qualifiers this week, this past weekend. And I, but I always like to look at this session in the summertime. This session is going to be really critical. And that's why we're spending a lot of time on it because it's critical. Uh, It's all about where you can get on Friday night. And that's going to determine how easy or not. Well, nobody's easy, but how hard you have to work on Sunday. You know, you might have a tough round one draw if you don't make it down the racetrack on that Friday night session. Uh, So that, you know, in the summertime is really when uh, that summer session is more important. And I'll explain a little bit more about, well, I'm just going to, I'll stay on this tangent here. It's, it's crucial because in the earlier uh, part of the year or the season, in the later part of the season, the night session doesn't really make much difference because the next day is going to be 70 degrees as well, which these cars like to make a lot of horsepower in. And a lot of times the crew chief is having to back the car down because, I mean, you know, you got good air and you you were supercharging that air, making it good, you know, for the naturally aspirated uh, vehicles like pro stock motorcycle and pro stock car. The air is what, you know, what, what the air is, is how fast they can run. They don't have any power adder, you know, like the top fuel car does where they can supercharge or the funny cars engine, same engine, can supercharge the air and kind of make the kind of ideal conditions because they can change a situation. So in the fall, the the Saturday session is pretty much, you know, you can get after it on Saturday too. Like we've seen... In, in the earlier part of the year and in the later part of the year when it gets cooler, you see the number one qualifier does change on Saturday sometimes. So that's something that is not really possible in the summertime because you get that one cool night session and then you go and then now you're racing in the heat pretty much. But that's I, a lot of the teams like that because that's what the racing conditions will be. But... You know, you can't look past this Friday night session, you know, for one, header flames. <laughs> but two, uh, you know, you got to get a good position so you get a good draw, you know. Um, but back into it, we got Brittany Force and Mike Salinas. 3.666 at 333.08 miles per hour for Brittany Force. Let us look at these incrementals here. miles per hour at the eighth mile. Wow. How about Mike Salinas was no slouch. 3.744, 327.51 miles per hour. And then you look at it and go, what's wrong with it? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's a solid run. That was right on pace with what everybody else was running. I mean, if Brittany hadn't a run that, let me see. Let's see. Mike Salinas. Um, actually, he actually tied Josh Hart, but he would have got it on speed. He would have been number one qualifier. 327 to Josh Hart's 322. He would have got it on speed. Because up until that point, Josh Hart was number one. Yeah. Josh Hart was number one qualifier for one, two, three. 
two pairs. And then, oh, I'm sorry, Justin Ashley was number one. Okay, so Mike Slims have been number two. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I love it. 2.903. Anytime you see a top fuel car under 310 or 210 at uh at the 330 mark, they're getting after it. Uh Mike Salinas, but two sub 215 there is is ridiculous too. 2.12 for Mike Salinas. So that car was moving. Let's look at the 60s here in top fuel. We got 840 for Austin Proc. Trip Tatum. 850, Doug Coletta, 844 to a Josh Hart's 846. And then we got Tony Schumacher, 843, Antron Brown, 850, 851, Clay Milliken, 854, Leah Pruitt. Uh, I'm sorry, Leah Pruitt got down the racetrack, 386, uh, 313. My apologies, she was next to Clay Milliken. Um, no, no shade or anything there. Uh, let's also look at the eighth mile mark here. Up until that point, Justin Ashley was the only person uh, sub three seconds to the eighth mile, 2.979-293. He was also the biggest speed down there, too. We had a lot of 288. Doug Coletta, 288.52. Uh, Trip Tatum, 288.39. Uh, Austin Proc, 288.95. So we're seeing these cars that make all of this power they're so even, <laughs> like, they're so even going down the racetrack. So that was a, I mean, that was a shocker on Saturday, on Friday night with, with Brittany Forrest. Header Flames, tall and brilliant and big and spiritual and just the most magnificent heavenly fire you could see in your life. It doesn't look like fire. It, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, we're going to talk about it. But I'm gonna start previewing that, you know, as we talk about it. So we also like to look at the at the fourth round of qualifying, and we won't break down as much. Uh, we're seeing a lot of four O's, uh, but these are going to be conditions that we're going to see. Let's just, for interest of fair, fair reporting, 79 degrees. Uh, the track temp was 98 degrees for Funny Car, and then for Top Fuel, the the uh, the air temp had dropped five degrees, 74 degrees. 50% humidity, still pretty humid out there, 98 degree track temp. So it the track temp was still there. Now let's compare that with what we're going to see in condition number four. 87 air temp, right? Relative humidity, 35. That humidity is going down a little bit. Track temp is 128 degrees. 128 degrees. Uh, and Funny Car actually... Uh, was was second because top fuel was first on Saturday. Uh, so let's just look at some of these numbers here. We won't break them down, like I said, but Trip Tatum, 3.806, 318 on a 129-degree racetrack. It looked like the track temp was a little hotter for the top fuel cars. There were also 21 top fuel cars here this weekend. So <clears throat> we had some some drama. This is This is when it's fun, guys, when... You know, it's always fun because nitro drag racing, but when there's more than 16 nitro funny cars or nitro top fuel cars, <laughs> look, it, it's going to be exciting. Because if you don't, if, if you have, you know, uh, one of the touring veterans could be, one of the touring, the pros could be having a rough weekend, not really getting down the racetrack. And then here you are, 
you know, uh, you know, Joe Morrison or or Krista Baldwin, and you come in and you make a clean pass, three point whatever, you just make a pass down in the threes, but you don't. But that other guy or you know that Sean Langdon, Doug Kalitta, whoever, is just just happens to be struggling that specific weekend. Uh, not just them. I, I don't want to <laughs> say that they're struggling, but just this is an example. But like, you know, they could they could not make the race. You know, because they didn't get down the racetrack, you know, and these uh, the independent person who doesn't run every race did. So it's just it's just it's it's fun. Um, so Tony Schumacher, three point eight, four, seven, three, nineteen. Um, let's look at some other passes. Billy Torrance, three ninety one, three twenty three speed really down on that one. Uh, and then but. uh Trip Tatum was actually the quickest up to this point. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Wait. Trip Tatum. Uh, Sean Langdon, 3.837, A solid pass. 381 for uh, Mike Salinas, 322. Brittany Forrest didn't get down the racetrack in the final session of qualifying. Uh, we got side-by-side, -side, 380s. Josh Hart getting down the racetrack, 3.823 at 315. Next to Justin Ashley, 3.840 at 325.77. Uh, Austin Proc, 3.888 at 322. Next to Steve Torrance is 3.807 at 327.59. So you're starting, you're seeing that uh, when it when it gets a little hot, the number is going to be 3.80 or, or or a high 370. They're still usually able to get 370. Today, at this day and age, uh, you know, on seven cylinders in the heat, they can get they can get down there in the three point seven zone. Uh, back in the day, there used to be a time. I actually have the every national record. <laughs> there's there's some uh, some things missing, but I mean, there was a time where three point seven nine was the national record, <laughs> right? It's crazy how how quickly these cars uh get more powerful every year every year it's like they get more powerful uh so in funny cars ended on saturday it was 87 degrees for their for their uh start the track temp had gone down one degree there's 16 funny cars so everybody's gonna make the show here uh some notable runs we got four o's side by side four o's for jim campbell and mike mcintyre 408 to a 406 312 to a 311 Jim Campbell was 311, and Mac McIntyre was 312. Nice to see that Mac Attack car out there. Uh, love seeing the nostalgia guys mixing it up in the big big show cars. Love it. Keep them out here, folks. Keep them out here. We love it. Big show funny car. All right. Blake Alexander, 4028, 320 uh, for that Pronto Auto Services head contractor an engineering nitro funny car ford it's a mustang then we got uh cruise pedagon and jr todd uh jr is going to make a 4071 313 51 he's going to drive that thing down there it's going to get down the racetrack you're seeing a lot of the cars not really approaching 320 at the eighth mile actually mike mcintyre was the quickest to the eighth no wait Blake Alexander was 3.266 at 271. So you see the speeds fall off 
but not by much. Not not by much. Uh, so as we continue down, we got 4013 for 320 uh, with at 32420 for Bob Tasker. Alexis DeJoyer 420 with an 8 through 246 75. And then in the last pair, we got John Force. I'm sorry, Matt Hagen and Robert Hyatt 408 or 4048 311 63 to Matt Hagen. 4049-311-99. So, like, you're seeing these cars that are so powerful, so close. Like, look at that. That is incredible. Both of them, 260s. 260s at the eighth mile, folks. Like, you got to apply that power a little differently when the track is hot. Uh, you see that speed is not... I mean, we see them approaching, like, 285 when they're really getting after it. But, like, it just shows you how you have to adjust the car have to adjust the tuning uh for the conditions but how about this folks we got ron caps and john force how about john force 3.950 at 200 326.79 miles per hour come on like <laughs> come on like really everybody's running four o's four four tens you know John Force, 3.950. Danny Hood, 10 for Breezy. Wow. They made really good runs this weekend in the heat. Like that car is gonna be in the in the conversation this summer because that car runs really well in the heat. Now, if they could just get some consistency, a little bit more consistency. Like, cause they've been I mean, the, the John's been driving. I mean, the be best he's ever driven, right? But the car, the the tuning is just it just hasn't been consistent because you know of what we know happened at this race. But it's getting there. Like, but my point is, John Force this past weekend showed consistency, and consistency is a huge thing in the summertime in NHRA because that's where you're really going to build momentum to the countdown because uh, the countdown is, I mean, at the end of the summer, I mean, we got the U S nationals that's Labor Day weekend, you know, you know, so you're starting to get into the fall at that point. If you can keep momentum and good performance and good consistent performance through the summertime, you will be competitive. You'll, you'll definitely be competitive um, down the stretch. So we're going to jump into race day. Um, the air condition is 77 degrees. So this is pretty cool, right? 70% humidity. <laughs> oh, by the way, you can see the vapor trails off of the top fuel wings all weekend. Like it's, I love when it's humid. I know that, you know, it kind of gives the crew chiefs a headache. But I love it because you you see the vapor trails coming off of that wing. And what what's happening right there is down there is, the wings are literally smashing through the air, smashing the water out of the air. And it's coming off as literal vapor trails. That's water, folks. That's the water in the air. <laughs> like, right, yeah, yeah. It cuts through. It's, it's sharp and it's coming in at that acceleration. When they're at full downforce down at the top end of the racetrack and they're spinning the tires because they spin the tires the whole way down. That's why they dance down there. 
they're literally crushing the water out of the air. I, that's what a vapor trail is. Isn't that amazing? Ah, it's incredible. All right. <laughs> okay. So anyway, back to it. How about an 86 degree track temp for round number one? Josh Hart and Spencer Massey. Josh Hart's going to get the win 3.756 at 323.50 miles per hour. I love they're including the margin of victory in the um in the in in the the results now. But how about the speed? The the speeds are back at the eighth mile, two ninety for Josh Hart, and he just crossed only three hundred twenty three. Right? No, I'm kidding. That's a that's a big speed. But anything, I I just think this this sport is impressive because of how fast the cars are. Three hundred, like that's that's the ex- expectation. It's that you your car will go three hundred something, so I just think it's amazing. But anyway, we start we see the speeds back because the track temp is way down, right? That's a fifty almost fifty degree track temp difference, uh, right? So I mean I'm not exact on that because I didn't just do the math, but <laughs> like you know, that's crazy. That's amazing. So. In the next part, we got Austin Proc and Clay Milliken. Oh, let's look. Let's look. Josh Hart. How about a psychic four on the tree? Some would say that's bad job of red light. <laughs> but 004 in a top fuel car, man, it's either a double step or it's, you know, I don't know. I don't know. That that That's killer. That is killer. I'm not going to say he guessed because I'm going to give credit where it's due. Four. Wow. Then we got Austin Proc, 68. There were some problems with Clay Milliken. Uh, he had to shut off after the burnout. And um, Austin Proc is goes straight down the groove, 383, 6, 256. So we know that car wasn't singing through the finish line. Next, we got Kyle Wurzel and Brittany Force. Brittany Force is going to get the win 377-4 at 3 point, oh, I'm sorry, 3.774, at 310.20 miles per hour. Getting it done down through there next to Kyle Wurzel's 854 at 87 miles per hour. Justin Ashley and Leah Pruitt are next. Leah's going to get the win. How about the power broker, silver bullet top fuel car? 3.776 at 327.98 miles per hour. Next to Justin Ashley, who, you know, they're solid off the line. Let's look at the, the, the previous pair, too. Kyle Wurzel. Kyle Wurzel left on Brittany, 53 to a 90. In the uh, Justin Ashley pair, we got 50 to a 58. Justin left on Leah by the slimmest of hole shots. Uh, 317 down at the big end of the racetrack, 385, but he is not going to get the win. We got Mike Salinas and Tony Schumacher, 3.794 to 3.758. Mike Salinas is going to get the win, 328.06 miles an hour. Tony Schumacher's Skag top fuel car was not singing through the finish line at 294.82. Doug Kalitta and Antron Brown are next. Doug Kalitta is going to get the win. 3.736 at 330.23 miles an hour. 
Next to Antron Brown's 3.772 at 324.36 miles an hour. Just got outran down there. Just got outrun. Let's keep track with the 60s here. How about Doug Collette is the quickest uh, to 660 thus far? 3.006, 291. We got 290 for Mike Salinas, 290 for Tony Schumacher, 292 for Leah Pruitt, 288 for Brittany Forrest. Like, guys, like, look at this. This is crazy. I love it. We got Billy Torrance and Steve Torrance. Wow. In the first round, Steve Torrance is going to get the win throw over his dad, 380, or I'm sorry, 3.746 at 327.66. Next to his dad, 381.3, The cars, I mean, it, it was it, it was a nice side-by-side drag race. Um, he runs the quickest week uh, of his weekend. Yeah, second best pass of the round. Hold on, let me see what this is. <laughs> Steve with a few ticks. Ticks on the tree and never trail for the win. Yeah, okay. So it wasn't as close as I thought it was. All right, my bad. <laughs> we got Trip Tatum and Sean Langdon to wrap up round number one in top field. We got Trip Tatum's going to get the win. 3.732 at 325.92 miles an hour to Sean Langdon's 3.793 at 322 miles per hour. Uh, 299 for Trip Tatum. How about Trip Tatum? Nobody else was sub three seconds. I'm sorry, Austin Proc was. 2.988. So that car was going to on, on a pass. <laughs> but it just ran into some problems down there at the far end of the racetrack. I mean, 293 at the eighth mile. So we can see the problems happened after that. In the first round, a funny car. We got Matt Hagen and Tim Wilkerson. How about 3.948, 322 for Matt Hagen? He's going to get the win. Bob Tasker and Mike McIntyre. Bob Tasker is going to get the win. 3.921, 326.00. Sub 320 to the eighth mile. So was Matt Hagen, 319, uh, 317 for Bob Tasker. Let's look at the eighth. Oh, by the way, Mike McIntyre red lit. Uh, neg uh, o or or one hundred. Wait, one twenty eight red. Yeah, one twenty eight red. <laughs> he was one twenty eight red. <laughs> anyway, three ninety two one three twenty six for Bob Tasker. That's a that's getting it. We're seeing the speeds. Oh, let's look at that. Uh, I'm sorry, the track temp had gone up ten degrees during top fuel. Uh, it's now ninety six degrees, I believe. Let me make sure I'm saying that. Yeah, it went up exactly 10 degrees, 77 degrees uh, for the start. So the air temp hasn't changed. And the uh, humidity and none of the other, uh, you know, like adjusted altitude, 2895, that didn't change. I don't believe 2895, no. So, <clears throat> I mean, if everything's going smoothly, you can get them down there in about 20 minutes. If you If everybody's... No oil, no brakes, no no anything that they don't have to go out there and get something that somebody hit or came off of somebody's car. They can get through in about 30 minutes of each class, each nitro class. So, but that's not always the case in nitro drag racing. So, 
How about the next prayer? We got Bobby Bodie and John Forrest. Bobby Bodie said he was so nervous uh, staging up against one of his heroes, John Forrest. How about he treat him? How about he got off the line so good? 61 to John's 150. Not characteristic of John Forrest, but he had to do a little work. But that's the thing. You got that. Danny Hood, horsepower, you can get down there at the end of the racetrack when he starts really putting the coals to it. How about 387, folks? How about 387, 8, 333.41 miles per hour? Hey, how about low ET of the meet in first round? How about that peak Blue Death Chevrolet Camaro SS? How about that? He's going to get the win. He had to drive around Bobby Bodie. Let's look at the incrementals. Uh, 3.146 at the 8th mile. 287 at the 8th mile. Wow. So, again, that's the low ET of the meat, folks. That's getting it. We In the next pair, we got John Force. Just one. That's not who we have. We just talked about him. <laughs> uh, how about Bobby Bodie was quicker to 60 feet? 871. Now, we know that Bobby Bodie funny car can run. Like, he ran at 89 in St. Louis last year. That I mean, and, and, and guys, he actually makes some of the tuning decisions, right? Because I don't remember ever seeing that Bob Bodie, when, when Bob, when Dad was driving it, I don't remember seeing that car ever running in the 80s, uh, you know? And then the young man starts to make some of the decisions, and I mean, he made a final this year, guys. So, hey, that, that's getting it. That's the future right there. So we got Ron Caps and Dale Creasy Jr. Peanut. This was a scary one, folks. Um, so I'm actually going to pull up the run so I can look at it and and uh, describe to you guys what happened because um, you can't see. But I'm I'm going to basically say. Ron Caps is going to get the win because Dale Creasy crossed the center line. He crossed in front of Ron Caps. Ron Caps was getting back on the... He was on the gas when Dale Creasy's funny car, who was... He was out in front. Crossed into Ron Caps' lane. Dale Creasy is off of the ground. He had all four tires off of the ground trying not to hit Ron Caps. Folks, it was a one of the heart-stopping moments this weekend. You're not, we don't do drafting in an HRA. <laughs> we, uh, we, we stay in our lanes in an HRA, or, or as best we can. It happens. Uh, not, not, not attacking Peanut at all, but wow, it was scary. I mean, guys, they just missed it. You, you think I like to watch NHRA because I get to see the angels in real. I get to see the angels work because that was divine intervention. Why they didn't hit like that. They missed by we're talking within a foot of a catastrophe. Now, these cars are still. Let me see here. I mean, Ron Caps when he crossed the uh, the. Uh, eighth mile mark, he was going 137 miles per hour. 
Okay, so we're talking about speeds that are not really conceivable to the general uh, motorsports fan. You know, you, you, you like NASCAR, and I like NASCAR too, but you talk about 200 going around, you know, making turns, which is cool. 200, like, wow, you know, but we're talking about hundreds, hundreds of miles per hour, right? Anything is, I mean, anything can happen in NHRA, but we didn't have a situation. Everybody walked away. Ron said it, you know, he kind of pooped his pants. <laughs> he said, we got another fire suit back there. No, I mean, I am so grateful that everybody was okay because that would have, that could have been bad. So I'm very, very happy that everybody was walked away from that and was able to talk about it and lives to fight another day. And that's just the reality of it, folks. That's just the reality of it. Uh, next, we got Jim Campbell and Robert Height. 3.903 for Robert Height, 326. Big speed down there, uh, just like his boss. <laughs> John Forrest, 333, man. I just, that that's that's amazing. That's awesome. But that what that would not be the only 330 we would see this round. In the next one, we got Alexis DeJoria. I'm sorry, Jim Campbell, for the interest of fair reporting. My apologies. 409-3311 in a losing effort. We got Alexis DeJoria, Paul Lee. It's nice to see Paul Lee back out there. How about Alexis DeJoria? is going to put him on the trailer, though. 3.952 at 325.85 down there at the big end of the racetrack. In the next pair, we got another 330-mile-per-hour run here. We got J.R. Todd is going to get the win over Blake Alexander. 3.903 at 330.80 miles per hour. Big speed down there. Huge speed. Uh, 284.27 down there. 279 for Alexis DeJoria. 286 for Robert Height. 268. For Jim Campbell, um, and then we we just talked about what uh, Ron Caps was running one thirty seven down there, uh, and that's about where the incident occurred. So he was still moving at a pretty good rate of speed. I mean, he was literally just on the gas. Um, so that was a good that was that was a good thing for everybody. Uh, but it was it we we held our breaths. I tell you what. <clears throat> All right, Cruz Pedregon and Chad Green. Uh, three point nine seven two at three sixteen for Cruz Pedregon. Chad Green's Chad Green runs a four oh five six respectable three oh two, but he's going home early. So let's and, and, and there's a, there's a reason why I get so passionate about when we almost see situations and when we do see situations because it does happen. I didn't quite have the podcast a couple years ago when um. Uh, Aaliyah Pruitt had her incident in St. Louis, but these cars have gotten a lot safer. But I, I, I hold my breath because I've seen a lot of incidents in the sport, and that's why you know, I, you know, it, it's like a running joke. People, you know, say they they go to NASCAR events or they go places to see crashes. You know, NHRA incidents are a little different. Because the speed that they're moving at, the power that we're dealing with, I mean, it's scary. And like I said, I've seen 
those those sad moments that we've had in the sport. I've seen I've seen them when when, when we lost Daryl Russell, and you know we we were talking about it on the on the uh, the Instagram group this week of how that just looked like a tire pop, but we didn't know what was going on. We couldn't see all the shrapnel getting into the cockpit. And that's what hit, that's what did it, you know, or or that Scott Kalitta brutal. I mean, that was probably the worst one. Uh, I I wouldn't say worst worst. There's no worse. Um, but you look at Scott Kalitta's incident when you know the car was going 380, 300, 300 over three hundred miles an hour, over three hundred ten miles an hour, and you got no parachutes. And you can only imagine how fast that car was moving down there uh, when it hit the sand trap and when he hit that boom down there. So it's, I, I look at these these incidents differently. I don't think they're cool. They're scary because these are people in these cars. These are people driving these cars. And so... I think we forget that sometimes that that's a person in there. You know, the car isn't moving by itself, you know? So I just think whenever we see those situations and we don't have situations, I, I, I breathe an extra sigh of relief because I've seen the situations where we, the driver didn't walk away. You know, um, and, and I know we've lost guys in uh, NASCAR. We lost Dale Earnhardt, you know, at Daytona. And that was a horrible, horrific crash. Anytime it happens, it's horrific, especially when they don't walk away. But now the thing we can say is that the safety has gotten to a point where you you will walk away. You can walk away now. And these guys, they these guys and girls, they know that they know the risk. They know. Uh they know. And we're still gonna talk about the video game at the end of this episode, by the way, because there's no way that we cannot talk about the video game. And I have some thoughts, but I'm still very excited that we have a video game. <laughs> so moving on. I just had to say that because those situations are scary. They're, they're scary. So moving on, second round, we're going to fly through this. How about a plus 25 degree track temp? 125 degrees is the track temp. So we got a different race. It's a different race. It's now we, we got to back the cars down. So we got Josh Harden, Austin Proc, 381 to a 380 with an O. Austin Proc, whole shot, loss. Josh Hart, whole shot, win. He's going to go to the next round. 38 off the line to Austin Proc, 63. That was an amazing drag race down there at the far end of the racetrack. How about the approximate margin of victory? 10 feet. We love it. Trip Tatum and Brittany Forrest. Brittany's going to get the win, 3.76 at 329. They didn't back it down too much, did they? Look at it, 3.76. To Trip Tatum's 3.810, 3.8 to 
318. See, you got you you can run the 380s, but somebody's gonna go down there and and run a low or low to mid 370 in the summertime because it's possible, and you're gonna be on the trailer. It's crazy. We love it out here. Steve Torrance and Leah Pruitt. Leah's gonna get the win. 3.798, 325, 61. Uh to a 380 with the two 327 for the Capco boys going home. How about he got a little fiery down there at the far end of the racetrack with Amanda Busick? Uh Amanda does ask the tough questions. Uh and you know, that's her job. <laughs> but um Steve made some comments making it basically saying, you know, it, it, why is it always negative? You know, it's always negative kind of situation where and I would play the sound, but, you know, he's frustrated. And I don't think he's frustrated with the car's performance. I think he's got a good car. I think nothing, they didn't, like he said, I don't think they forgot how to win. I just think, you know, they're trying to find a better, more aggressive slash consistent tune-up for them to compete with Brittany. Because, I mean... At the end of the day, those two are the ones that they're, that everybody's looking at. But you can't just look at them anymore because look at Mike Salinas. There's a lot of other cars that can, that can step up too. So like they're trying to make a better situation, more aggressive situation for themselves. And he kind of snapped on her down there at the far end of the racetrack. But that wasn't the only little snap that we heard. There was a lot of starting line games this day. Um, you know, people taking the seven seconds. Now, let's let me just say this. They and I've said this before. They have seven seconds when they get up there. They kind of they, but there is some sort of like gentleman's agreement where they don't take too long the stage. You know, seven seconds is an eternity in a nitro funny car or in a in a top fuel car. That's fuel you're burning. So that's why they get irritated because it's the fuel burning because they, they burn 10 uh, a gallon every 12 seconds. Every 12 seconds, they burned a gallon. Under full throttle, guys, by the time they make it to the first marker at 330 foot, so the distance of a football field plus an end zone, they've already burned two gallons of fuel. So you got to factor that in. Uh, and I understand why there's frustration, but I also understand, you know, you get those seven seconds. But, th- I mean, Darren kind of said this, uh, you know, not too long ago on an episode, like, maybe you go up there and you say, oh, hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I know who I got and I'm going to make them sit. I'm going to sit for a second. So just let's do the burnout and I'll, I'll back up a little quicker. That you, There's things you can do, but some some old-fashioned you know, eh, I wouldn't say old fashioned. I would just say some people don't like the seven seconds. Like uh, J.R. Uh, Todd famously said, if a guy makes me wait seven seconds, I'm going over to him after that race or after that run. He said that on the uh, on the Nomex effect a few years ago. So, yeah, that and Alan Reinhardt was saying it too. You know, we, we like a little spirit and we like a little spirit. But yeah, there was a lot of that, and I wanted to mention that. 
Uh, so then we got Doug Coletta and Mike Salinas. It's always we got to stand up and watch who gets down to the finish line anytime these two line up. Uh, we know the history. 3.776 for Doug Coletta, 324.05. To Mike Salinas, 3.771 at 329.26. 12 feet at the far end of the racetrack. Mike Salinas will have lane choice in the final. How about 49 for Mike Salinas, 70 for Doug Khalil, 62 for Leah Pruitt, Steve Torrance, 75, 82 for Brittany Force, and um, 63 for Austin Prop. And then we had that amazing psychic, 38, from Josh Hart. Josh, or, now here is, here's the other one. Uh, so Dean Antonelli, they interviewed him, Guido, after uh, the run. This run that I'm going to talk about. Ron Caps gets the win. 3.974, 327. Let's look at the track temp real quick. 82 degrees. Let me see if the, if it's changed. Nope, same air temp uh, from Top Fuel. And then it looks like the same track temp too. They can get down there with four pairs. They can get down there. There's not much change. Uh, so it's basically pretty much one big session. One big nitro session with eight runs total. Uh, Cruz Pedragon, 3.8. 982 at 323.50. Uh, Cruz made him sit a little bit. And after, uh, I should have had this sound queued up for you guys. Uh, but, you know, Guido wasn't happy. But a lot of times when you stand, when, when, when you sit up there, and I've said this before, you are not necessarily messing with the driver. You're messing with the car. Because you're changing the way the car is set up the longer you sit there because the fuel pumps are in the front ends of these cars. Now they're very big fuel pumps and they're, they put weight on the front end of the race car. So if we sit here and I'm burning fuel here, that means I'm going to be a little light in the front end. So I'm, that's now changing the launch mechanics of my, of my run. I'm not going to launch the same way because my the front of my car is light. I might carry the front end. I might off I might offload the chassis and blow the tires off or anything, anything. Or it might not have any uh any bearing at all. But the point is the crew chiefs get irritated with that because you're changing the way I set up the car. When I want my driver to leave the finish or to leave the starting line, I want that front end to say be I'm just using a number. I want that the front end to be 150 pounds. I want that front end to be that heavy. If we're sitting there burning fuel, because nitro is very heavy. If we're burning fuel and say, you know, I burn, I, I have my tune-up for that 150 pounds on my front end, but I burn fuel, so now I, I got just 128 out there, that's going to change how my car leaves the line. And that could have, you know, that could also change the way this run goes. So that's why the crew chiefs get a little irritated. He um, he basically said, you know, uh, they're famous for it. They said, and you know, I they they think it's chicken shit is what he said. Um, so we're here to report the news objectively. So, but I'm gonna tell you why Dean felt the way he felt, and I'm gonna also tell you why. Cruz did that because 
that's you you are you are allowed to do that but it it just you know that's the other side of it but anyway so we got jr time john force 415 271 for John Forrest. He's going home. The J.R. Todd DHL CMR roofing. Scott. Scott's car is going on to the semifinals round. Uh, 3.953 at 329. Big speed out of that car. Three. Okay. 124 degree track temp. 329.34 miles per hour. Let me see. Let me look at. Yeah, we had that in top fuel too. We had that twice. Brittany Forrest 329 and her win over Trip Tatum. And Mike Salinas, 329, uh, 26. So, big speeds out there on a hot racetrack. I'm telling you guys. It's crazy out there. Then we got Alexis DeJoy and Robert Hyde. Alexis is going to go home. Uh, she didn't get. She didn't make a full pass next to Robert Hyde, who's going to get the win, 3.997, 311. And then in the last pair, we got Matt Hagen and Bob Tasker. How about that power broker's car? It's not going to go on to the semifinals. Bob Tasker is 327.27 miles per hour, 3.941 at 327.27 miles per hour. Bob Tasker is back in the semifinal round. So, in the semifinals, top fuel, we got number 15 qualifier, Leah Pruitt. Number three qualifier, Mike Salinas. Number one qualifier, Brittany Force. And number four qualifier, Josh Hart. That's that's a nice even spread. We got one, four, three, and 15. Leah Pruitt's going home. She's not going to make it down the racetrack, but Mike Salinas is. 3.822 at 296.89. Still not completely straight, uh, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you something in the interest of fair reporting. He said that they got out of the car and why they had a little off time, they had Antron Brown get in the car. And they saw they he had never had any help with adjusting his top fuel seat in the car. So Antron drove the car, helped him with how you should drive a top fuel car or how how Antron does it. And it helped. He said it's it's helped. I mean, uh Mike is driving the car a lot straighter. Um, but he said it was his seat was too low. So, I mean, that that definitely makes a difference, folks. Like, you know, just imagine if you get in, like, your passenger car and you get in the, the, the driver's seat and, you're, and you feel like you're too low and you can't see, you know. That's important, <laughs> like, you know. But anyway, so we, I, we understand, but it's getting better, so that's good. The air conditions, 83 degrees. The relative humidity, 56%. The barometer, 29.93%. Adjusted altitude, 3.277. That's what the engines think they're running at because of the air and all of that factored in. The track temp is coming back down, 104. 104. So, Leah Pruitt was second off the line in, in, in that race as well. She was in the left lane. Mike was in the right. Uh, in the next pair, we got Brittany Force and Josh Hart. How about Josh Hart? Scott Brittany's number, man. I'll tell you what. Anytime they line up, I always love it. You know, we always know we we know the history. You know, they be like, why are you always bringing up old stuff? Okay, no, I'm okay. I was gonna say the other word, but I already said it on this. Why are you always bringing up old shit? Okay, <laughs> I said it. <laughs> but that's for the people that will know. Anyway, so Brittany Forrest, 
329. Again, 329 miles an hour. Gonna lose, though. Uh, Josh Hart, whole shot. No, not whole shot. He outran her. 33 on the line at the starting line. 857 at 60. 214 at the 330 mark. 3.1 or 3.019 at 660. 292 at 660, 3.750 at 328 for Josh Hart. Wow. It's amazing. Josh Hart's in the final. Number three and number four qualifiers. You can't write stuff better than this, folks. You cannot write stuff better than this. Okay, let's look at the Nitro Funny Car semifinal round. How about J.R. Todd, Robert Height, Ron Caps, and Bob Tasca, the third? Number one. Ron Caps, number three, Bob Tasca, number eight, Robert Height. I'm sorry, I'm re- I'm looking at their car numbers. <laughs> My bad, I'm dead. Okay, number one is Ron Caps. I was right on that one because he did win the race or he did win the championship last year. So that number one is on the side of his car, and he was also the number one qualifier. Number one, Ron Caps. Number four, Bob Tasca the third. Number Three, Robert Height, and number seven, J.R. Todd. You see in the Nitro Funny Car class, the, the top qualifiers make up the entire semifinal here. In the, fir- in the first semifinal round we talked about, with, in top fuel, we see one, four, and three, but you got 15 in there with Leah Pruitt. But check out in Nitro Funny Car, one, three, four, and seven. Now, some would say qualifying doesn't really matter because it's all really about how you perform on that Friday night session. Uh, yeah, but that session is important so you can get a good seat. Uh, you know, it's it's not qualifying positions are not indicative of your performance as a crew, as a car. Uh, most of the weekends, everybody can have an off weekend. Anything can happen in HRA. You can go out, win the race this week, and then you don't qualify next week. It's just all of it. It can happen. So basically number 15 qualifier, Leah Pruitt, we know that car is better than 15. We know that, but that's just how she qualified this weekend. But in the nitro funny car class, you got one, four, three, and seven, you know, that's, pretty consistent with what we saw last week as well. We saw uh, all top qualifiers as well, if I'm not mistaken. If I'm not mistaken. But I could be mistaken. J.R. Todd and Robert Height for DHL, CMR Construction and Roofing, RevCam, and everything Kalita Motorsports on that Toyota Gazoo Racing Supra. Next to Robert Height, that AAA of Southern California Chevrolet SS, everything John Force, Power Solar, Cornwell Tools, Blue Def, Peak Blue Def, Chevrolet. Robert Heist is going to get down there and get the win. 3.890 at 328.06 miles per hour. He was putting the coals to it down there. How about 16 feet down there at the other end of the racetrack? And in the other lane, in the left lane, this was not a one-lane racetrack, guys. You could run it in any single lane. If I'm not mistaken, John Forces was in the right lane, I believe. Let me just look real quick. Because if not, I'm going to go crazy. It's going to make me crazy. I'm like, oh, 
I should look. Uh, yeah, John Force ran that 87 in the right lane. So Robert Height going down 3.890, 328, 285 at the eighth mile. But like J.R. Todd's run was not bad. Like 3.916 at 329.75 miles per hour. How about if he had been next to the other, uh, Bob, either Bob Task or Ron Caps, he would have probably won. Because in the next pair, we got Ron, uh, Ron Caps and Bob Tasker, the third, Napa, Gear Wrench, Toyota, Gazoo Racing, that super, that beautiful super in the left lane. Then we got Bob Tasker, Motocraft, Quick Lane, Shelby, Ford, Shelby in the right lane. He's going to get the win. He's back in a final. Hey, Bob Tasker is back in a final. How about that? I knew it was on that. only a matter of time. 3.933, 329.18. The margin of victory down there, 17 feet. I just, It's just a right place at the right time kind of sport. Ron Caps, 3.973 at 327.11 down there at the big end of the racetrack. Just got outran. All is fair. All is fair. We got outrun. We got number three and four. In the final round, a top fuel funny car. Three and four in top fuel as well. Hey, you can't write stuff like this. You cannot write stuff better than this. So air condition, 79 degrees. Relative humidity, 72 degrees. If we did have a rain delay. There was some time in between the semifinal and final. They The drivers did have to sit a little bit. We got Bob Task in the left lane and Robert Height in the left lane. How about, or in the right lane? Robert Height is going to get the win, 3.944 at 327. To Bob Tasca in the other lane, 3.962 going 330-63 in the final round in a losing effort. Man, I tell you what, he, they were, he was running, he was, he was running after him. When they put those coals to it and that clutch locks up down there and those header flames get fat down there, the header flames were clean the whole way, 330. They have to be for 330 in the Nitro Funny Car. How about that? 109 track temp. How about Robert Height is going to get the win for JFR? How beautiful is that? So... And in the top fuel final, we got Mike Salinas and Josh Hart. How about Josh Hart, right? I mean, this guy is like channeling Daryl Russell, right? He, he came out and won his debut. And he's an excellent driver. Excellent. Excellent driver. And he's got a car under him, man. He's got a team behind him. How about Mike Salinas is going to get another win? Three point, but, he, but listen, look, listen to these numbers, folks. 3.706, 333.58 miles per hour, folks. I tell you what, doing it in style, 294 at the eighth mile, 2.981 at the eighth mile, 212, 330. Man. In the interest of fair report, I want to go back here. Uh, Robert Height did leave on Bob Tasker by the slimmest of hole shots, three thirty-six to a forty-six on the line. How about at sixty feet, Robert Height nine eighteen to Bob Tasker's nine nineteen, one thou apart at sixty feet. 
at that point, Robert starts to get a little quicker as we go down the racetrack, but they were pretty much dead even at the 60-foot blocks. So wanted to make sure I said that. On this hand, Mike Salinas ran away with it. How about Rob Flynn? You got the you got the Allen Johnson playbook, and you're putting your own little little spin on it, and it is running on mean, folks. I mean, I tell you what, it yeah looks like Josh Hart popped going through the light, so he wasn't going finish, full song through the finish line. Still two or three twenty five again. Just got outrun. That's the one thing about NHRA. There's no moaning. You know, look, you got outrun. It, it it happens, right? Um, so that was how they shaked out. Mike Salinas and Robert Height. Mike Salinas gets another one. Another one. Another one. Love it. DJ Khaled voice. Okay. Let's talk about the game real quick. We will go more in depth on the game at a later time, but I just we, we had to cover it. Uh Bristol it was when they uh unveiled the the first trailer for the game. Um so just a little bit about it. Five NHRA classes, top fuel funny car, pro stock, pro mod, and super modified. There's 38 NHRA drivers in the game, folks. We got real-world NHRA tracks, real scans of the tracks. Man, I tell you what, they look great. Like, you say what you want about the way the cars and the way that it looks. For one, this is our first game in 15 years almost, right? Or, or more than 15 years, right? The last game did not look like this game looks, right? So... We got physics-based gameplay, experience the real authentic speed, depth, and feel. I'm excited about that. Packed with elite motorsports sponsorships. Uh, so we got real-world sponsors in there. Goodyear, Summer Racing Equipment, Lucas Oil. We got real sponsors in there, folks. That's that's good. We got thrilling, a thrilling career mode. Uh, you can battle online, folks. It's cool. It comes out August 26th. Um, so couple of my things with the game. Um, it looks really good. It looks like you would expect the game to look in 2022 with our, our next-gen uh, technology that we have available to us these days. So I'm actually glad that we waited until we had this technology. They're using Unreal Engine. Those gamers out there, they know what that is. Unreal is ridiculous. Um, it lives up to its name. It is unreal. Uh, but, you know, we don't have any manufacturers in the game. I, I didn't I didn't notice any manufacturers. So that's something, I, I wouldn't say non-starter, but I, I would just pose this question. How can we consider it a legitimate motorsports simulator? If we do not have the manufacturers of the nitro funny cars and top fuel cars included in the game. Right. So I'm not sure what that process is, uh, but I'm expressing myself and I'm I, these are the things I notice. I'm a I'm a fan and an analyst. So I call it like I see it. The header fire in the game. Uh, I it, it should be a little bigger. <laughs> 
Uh, I don't know if the people that made the game have seen the Head of Flame, the Head of Fire in real life. Uh, but it looks like they've only seen it in video. And I'll tell you why I can tell that. Because if you see it in person, you know that there is not just a bright, white, washed out light there. In real life, you can see all the detail in the header flame. The header flame has three parts. There's also three types of header flames, right? You got the daytime header flame. You got the, uh, you, you know, the late evening, early evening header flame. You got the cloud cover header flame, and then you got the full nighttime header flame. So what these guys did was they made the night header fire, quote unquote, with the uh, with the pavement reflecting the light, which it's cool. It looks really cool. It does. I, it does. It does. But if we're if we're trying to be realistic and not gamey, you know, we we we're trying to compete with you know games like. NASCAR Heat 5 that I played and NASCAR uh, Ignition, games like that, and iRacing. We can't have inaccuracies like that, you know? Uh, that's just my that's my point of view. Uh, that's I'm not taking a dump on the game. I think it's going to be fun. I'm going to play it regardless. But these are things that I, I'm thinking, like, we got to have manufacturers in. We got to have the actual bodies in the front in, in the game. Like we got to have that Toyota Racing Guzoo Super in there. We got to have that. We got to have bigger header flames. We got to have fatter header flames. We got to have real more realistic looking header flames. We got Unreal Engine here, man. Like we got we I've seen renditions of header fire in other, you know, other games. I've seen it. I'm like, "Oh, but not like nitro header fire. It's just like fire, but it kind of looks like header fire because of how it looks in the game. So I know it's possible, you know? I, I'm i not, again, I'm not taking a dump on the game. I just want to make it better. I want to make it what we want it to be. We want it to be realistic. We want it to be great. More things, just because I'm the nitro performance guy. We all knew I was going to talk about this. But again, it's not, it's more of observations, Okay. I noticed when the cars leave the line, they don't torque like the real uh, nitro funny cars and top fuel cars do. They don't torque. If it's physics-based, we got to have that, right? The tires look good. I mean, man, the tires look good, <laughs> right? And from what I can hear in the in, in the um, in the uh, the uh, trailer, which I couldn't hear too much because we had the music, but it sounds pretty good. You know, that's, it sounds good. So, um. But as, as most people on YouTube have pointed out, the, the nitro engines don't rev. <laughs> they would blow up. <laughs> they don't do that. So, you know, I just think that was them showing us, hey, look, the butterflies move kind of thing, which is cool. Um, that clip uh, at, at Pomona Raceway where they're both going down the racetrack and they, they cut to that where they go down track. That was awesome. That was completely that's the most realistic acceleration of these cars that I've ever seen in a game. So I can see that they're putting a lot of hard work into it. I just want the header flames to look a little better. Like because I'm a header flame guy, we're going to I am a header flame guy. Like you 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 kind of have to be. So again, I think it's cool. I think it's amazing that we have a game. Again, uh, I, I want this game on multiple platforms, you know, 
but it's going to be a, a living, breathing game. And that's why I'm using my platform for the people that are listening. You know, let's make it, let's make it what we, you know, let's make people want to play this. I mean, I think you've already done that, but like, cause I'm going to, I'm going to play it because you got my home track on there. St. Louis gateway or worldwide technology raceway still gateway to me, you know, but like, you have that racetrack encapsulated in a game and it looks like it's going to look like I'm ex so excited. I hope I get to see the arch from the racetrack, you know, because in that clip at Pomona, you can see the San Gabriel's, the San Gabriel's in the, in the back, you can see the, the mountains. So like if, if you, if they really put that much work into it, the tracks are really, what I am in love with right now and with everything, the cars, uh, another thing with the cars, just like there's more than one type of funny car, there's more than one type of top fuel car. Every top fuel car is a canopy. Every top fuel car that I saw in that trailer was a canopy car. We have the open air cars still. So I think we got to include that too. Steve Torrance doesn't drive a canopy car, you know, uh, Josh Hart doesn't drive a canopy car. Neither does Sean, uh, does um, Alex Laughlin. So we got to make sure we're paying attention to those details, not just, you know. I mean, the canopy car looks cool, but there's other types of top fuel cars. So I, I think that's something that we can easily fix with the update. The, t the front of the car is, is the same, but you just need to change that canopy. Give us an open air top fuel car. That's something that can be done in an update. We got to get these on. We, we got to get the manufacturers on board, guys. I don't know what we have to do. I think you got a pretty good product to pitch to them. I mean, but I'm I'm also being a little critical of it because I want this game to be good. And I think it's going to be the iteration of the first iteration of many games. But I believe in Game Meal because they do good work. But what I need to see is a little bit more attention to detail. It's all about the detail. It's all about the detail. So, oh, another thing, the parachutes, too big, way too big. They don't look like our nitro parachutes. So, you know, there were people a little more critical than I. Well, I won't say that, but they were a little bit more, they weren't as nice as I was about it. But I want this game to be good. So I, I, I believe in it. And I believe they're listening and looking for 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 uh, not necessarily advice, but they're looking to the fans, the people that have been in the sport that know this sport. They're looking to them for you know, like, hey, we all think. Excuse me. I think that's the cool thing about making a game in 2022 is that we can make changes. If the game is not great at the launch, there's updates that can be made. They don't stop working on the game, and that's what I love. They don't stop developing the game when the game releases. And that's something that back... Because i played games all my life, guys. I had PlayStation 1, you know? So that wasn't something that was possible. What you, what you got was what you got. You put that disc in there, and that's the game. That's it. But nowadays... You put that disc in there and you got the internet that you're connected to. The 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 company is still working on the game. So we they, we can make it better. We can but here's the thing, folks. Here's the funny thing. Here's the gag. 
people, game mail, I hope you're listening. Somebody get this to them. The header flames, the correct header flames that should be on these cars, for one, they need to be a lot larger on the top fuel car. Funny car looks good because the funny cars sit a little lower to the ground. But for the top fuel cars, those header flames got to be a whole lot bigger. But the way that they have, they look in the um, the title screens that you guys put up, that's the header flame that with the with the dancing little tips. That's what we need. We gotta have that because that's what the real header flame has. You guys did it. You already showing you already showing the header flame. So <laughs> we gotta put that in the game. Like the header fire in the game needs to be that. That's what it's supposed to look like. Not what's in the game right now. But again, I believe that we can fix that. We got to fix the header flames. I knew that was going to be the most difficult part of this game. Replicating the nitro header fire. So, but I was patient and I see what they've done. But we can do a little better. You've already done it. And that's the thing when I saw the, the, the title screens that would come up in between the game footage. That's the header flame. <laughs> So do that on every car. It's the the header fire, the the tips. They gotta dance, man. Yeah, that, there's more detail in, in in that white light. That they're just showing that white light. You gotta see it in person. You gotta see the header fire in person to really truly understand it. But that's all I got on the game. I think we. I think I. I that being said, I am so excited for this game to compete at Worldwide Technology Raceway to compete at Indianapolis Raceway Park to compete at Pomona Raceway Park to compete at Gainesville Raceway to compete at Brainerd you know Redding Denver like Z-Max Las Vegas like I'm so excited to compete at these places Epping you know Bristol, one of my favorites, always has been my favorite. So I'm geeking out about it. But I want this to be great. And I know we have we have the ability to make it great. So I'm going to use my platform to do that. Uh, but with that, I think I've talked enough <laughs> for this week. I think I have uh, said enough. I think I have covered everything. And uh, I'm happy that I was able to make some content this week. Uh, hopefully, we'll have the boys on next week uh, to talk some header fire. Because uh, I want to do a whole episode just dedicated to header flames. Uh, I still want to do that Bristol Rewind. Uh, we might do that on a later off week. Uh, but we got the re- West. I'm sorry. We got the Western Swing coming up. Got a lot of drivers talking about wanting to sweep. When Robert Hyde in the victory circle, in the winner circle, he said, I want to sweep the Western Swing. He already said it. So, look here. You, you that that That's a tall order. I mean, sweeping three races, the Western Swing. It's It's been done. John Forrest, the great, the GOAT, he's done it. But Robert Hyde wants to do it now, so... He's already calling it. So who else do we think can sweep the Western Swing? That's awesome. That's an awesome question to think about. But it's coming. I love the Western Swing. We're almost to the end of the season. We're at the midpoint of the season, guys. Like, I believe that was race 11. Norwalk was race 11. Or maybe it was 12. 
the point is we're, we have passed, we have approached, and we have surpassed the middle of the season, folks. It's getting exciting. NHRA 2022 has not disappointed one bit. Well, with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up. I'm TJ. I'm your host. I'm the Nitro Performance Guy. This has been the Nitro Performance Guide for Darren Williams Jr., American Hot Rod Entertainment, my co-host who couldn't be with us, and Dee Bland, who was supposed to be here with us as well. and He'll be here a lot more for both of them. We will see you next week. See you later.